Well, welcome everybody. Happy Father's Day. I thank you. And uh, I can proudly say that I am a father, and I can tell you that um, it's a life-changing event. I can only imagine what God thought when He said, "I'm going to bring people forth to this world, and I'm going to be their father, and I'm before them, they will have everything they ever need, whether they know it or not." And to to be that daunting, uh, to to be a father. I only have a small taste of that, of what God has in store for each and every one of us. And as I stand up here before today, I'm completely nervous, and I didn't write a thing down. <laughs> so um, I ask the Lord for help in this, and uh, I'd like to open up with a prayer. Um, it's probably a prayer you've probably heard before. And if you want to look in your Bible, it is, where is it? Do you remember where it is, honey? <laughs> I got a wife. I didn't know where to find things. Luke 11, that's it. Luke 11, 1. Here we go. So, um, does everybody have a Bible? Luke 11. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a prayer I've learned all my life, you know, since I was a young boy. And um, one of the things I realized was that the first two words are our Father, who art in heaven, our Father, not my Father, not your Father, all of our Father. And for something like that, for, for somebody to look over us and protect us, that is a good Father. And... When I became a father, I realized it was important for us to also follow this lead, that we have to be, rise above, be better than you were. I was a young man, became an older man, then I became a father. I wasn't a father until I was 35 years old. And for me, it was a surprise and a wonderful gift. And to this day, and forevermore, I will always be a father and blessed in that regard. And so I do wish Happy Father's Day to all of you that are fathers it is a special thing. And I will not discount the fact that a mother is just as important as a father. That all parents are important. Not just this day, but every day. That we should always be there for our children because they, they don't know what else to do without us. They look up to us. And we should show the example. And one of the reasons that I'm a part of this church is because Jesus is the man. He is the one that we look up to to follow and say, how do I become a better man? Who do I, what do I have to do, Lord? What do I have to do to follow you and to live in this world that you made for us? This world is full of sin. I thank God that Jesus came to us and took away our sins, that I can have comfort and measure to know that on this day, everything is good. And for me, that is comforting. I didn't always have that comfort. I was always nervous, anxious, didn't know what to expect, but I always had faith deep inside. Um, one of the things I wanted to show was this. 
Now, most of you have a portrait in your house, family, things like this. But this was made by my grandmother. And we have it in our house. It's the Lord's Prayer. And we hang it up next to, uh, we hang it up in the kitchen so everybody can see it. And it's a nice reminder of that, that he is here, our Father, which art in heaven. We have not seen him yet, but we all know he's here. And we're all waiting for him. We're waiting for Jesus to come back and say, hey, I got you. Come with me. You guys have done so well. And part of our church is to make sure that we share the gospel with everyone we meet. And that's something that I pledge to do this year. To become an elder is a special occasion. And to know that you are somebody who's going to, you don't have to be an elder to do this. You can be anything. But to be an elder and to remind people that life is precious and that there's a reason why each one of us is here today. Here today for somebody that you don't even know. A few, a few, I don't know, maybe a few years ago, I was dating a young lady. Her name is Pam. <laughs> I, I took her to this place called Ishitutney Springs. And um, we go there with friends, friends from high school. We all get together. We all go to the north entrance, and there's a campground there. So we all get in the campground. We all hang out for the weekend in preparation for Saturday, where we get to be some of the first people to go onto you know, Itchitutney Springs, which is the beginning of the Santa Fe River, which flows, in, flows eventually north up to Gator Country and further. Um, but it's a special place because only 700 people a day can go in there. So if you're there, it's a special experience. But one of the things that was there was, I, it was a weekend that I just didn't feel like being there. You ever had those weekends where you're like, I don't want to do that. Why do I want to do this? And... Um, even though it was a weekend away, maybe I was tired, I don't know. But we're playing a game, and I'm sitting there drinking a beer, and I'm just like not really into the moment. And I said, you know, why am I here? And the words came to me, you are here for them. You are here for them. And that was an interesting moment, to hear the Lord speak to you and say what you need to hear in the moment, you are here for them. And it's taken me a while to learn what that means. What I come to realize is that because I have my own selfish ways and my way of doing things, it's really not about me. It's about my daughter. It's about my son. It's about my wife. It's about the people I meet every single day, that I get to share the word, that I get to share the spirit of why are you happy? Why do you like what you're doing? Because that's who I am in Christ. He's the one who made me this way. And it's been a long time coming that I'm the person that you see before you today. Nice, happy, talked in front of you. I, wouldn't, I wasn't this person 20 years ago. I couldn't get in front of a group and speak to anybody. But today I can because I have the faith and the strength that the Lord provides to me. So one of the things that I wanted to share with you today was I could talk about myself all day, but that's not really why we're here. <laughs> um, the reason that we're here is because there are things in our lives that we don't realize how important they are. And the first thing was, was that came to me was 1 John, John 1. I mean, not 1 John, excuse me. This is where I get confused because my Bible skills are not very good. I need to work on them, and that's what I'm also working on this year, is uh, 1 John. 
No, no, no. No, no. The book of John. Thank you. My wife knows more of the Bible than I do. Thank God. <laughs> well, there, there's actually two passages that I have in here. Um, I'd like you to go to John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Fourth book. <laughs> and really, it's the first chapter. And what I like about this is that here's the story of John the Baptist. You know, John the Baptist, who, who's a man who, for some reason, unbeknownst to us, is he's baptizing people. And he's just doing it, and nobody can really understand why. But he knows why, because he was called to it. And this is a little bit of a story about him. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God who, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. There was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many received him, to them he gave them the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as one of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And, in his full, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Now in this testimony of John, <clears throat> when John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, <clears throat> and did not deny but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then he said to him, Then they said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now those who were now those who were sent from the Pharisees now those who were sent oh excuse me now those who were sent were from the Pharisees and they asked him saying why do you baptize if you are not the Christ nor Elijah nor a prophet John answered them saying 
I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who is coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, And after me comes a man who is preferred before me, and he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with waters. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he was sent to me to baptize with water, said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John stood with the two disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, saying, Behold, the Lamb of God. How would you like to wear that mantle? Everybody asking you questions, who are you? And one of the things that came to me was, who art thou? And this is the question I think everybody should ask themselves. Who art thou? Who do you think you are? And all you have to say is, I am, I am a child of God. And I am here because of him. And I'm here to share with you all that he did for me. And this was the first time, you know, people had talked about Jesus coming. And here Jesus was. And John was the man who said, this is he. This is he who all others have said before. And he had the opportunity to baptize Jesus, which I find quite remarkable. Not long ago, I was baptized again. And I was baptized with a couple of people here, wasn't I? That was a glorious time. And that was by choice because I decided to, even though I've been in church all my life, even though I was baptized as a baby, I wanted the world to know that Jesus is first and foremost in my life and that I'm giving my life to him and that everything comes from that day forward is for him. I'll still do things on my own and I'll still be selfish and I'll still want to you know, do things for others, but I have to temper it with what God wants me to do. That is the hardest thing to learn. After being a single male for like 40 years or so, I can say that it's hard not to be selfish, very selfish. But there's a reason why we have Jesus in our lives. It's simply teach us that we are bigger than the people we think we are because God made us that way. So the reason I chose that passage was simply because I wanted to, everybody to know that Everybody hears all the other stories about Jesus, but I like the fact that this is the moment that he was baptized. This is the point where he was anointed, and everybody knows this is the king. He is the king of all. If you turn now to 1 John, first chapter, did I say that right? No. 
to be able to find it. Yep. First epistle of John. This one's a little bit shorter than the last one. <laughs> that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon in our hands, have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light, and in him no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. This passage I like simply because it reminds us that it's not just Jesus, that Jesus came from God, that Jesus was God, the Son of Man, the Son of God. He is all those things. And for me and this church, it's a remembrance of what Jesus did for us and what he did in his life, and that we are here to be like him. We are here to show other people how to live the good life. What is the good life? The good life is only with Jesus in it. That's what I've learned. I've tried to live the other way. I've done everything you could possibly do in this life, literally, literally, almost everything. And most of it wasn't good because I didn't know where I was going. But thank God, and I do thank God, that he was there every step of the way. The thing I did not do was I didn't put my faith in Jesus. I didn't put myself in his hands and let him lead my life. I just knew he was there, but I never let him lead. And so now, at my juncture in life, I'm allowing him to lead. And that's why I'm up here before you too, is that there was a moment for me to speak in front of you, and I could have spoke about my life, being a father, how great that is, but actually it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about, it's about God. And this church, True Life, what a wonderful opportunity for us to share the living word with everyone we meet in our actions, in what we do, and where we go. This church has been through so much. I'll just give you a little snippet. I know you've heard all the stories, so I'm just going to give you my story. Um, I became a member of this church most recently, like most of you. Before that, I went to church for years, confirmed in Lutheran church, and then I walked away because of politics in the church. 
where people have their own ideas about what a church should do, where it should go, what it should do. When we have people who decide that, when actually they weren't led by the Lord, they weren't led by the Spirit, they were led by what they thought should happen in the church, whether or not a, person, a pastor was asked to come there or not. In my experience, the pastor is brought to you by the Lord. Everybody here is brought here by the Lord, and that's what I've come to learn. Um, I started coming to this church when, you know, when I met a young lady named Pam. I hadn't been to church in years. My daughter was going to church. She went with my mom. Then my mom passed, and I just kind of, I just let my daughter go to church. I'd take her to Sunday school, and I'd just walk away. I'd just go do my own thing. And they'd come pick her up in an hour, because that's how long Sunday school was. Um, but then when I met Pam, there was something different in my life. I realized that the Lord had brought somebody in my life that I needed, somebody to confirm with me that there was love beyond the love of a child and a parent, but love as another adult loves another adult, as another person loves another person. So I started coming to East Coast Church. Great experience. Loved it. But didn't feel connected. Didn't feel like I needed to be there, but I didn't want to leave. Weird feeling. You want to be there, but you can't leave. And what I learned was that the people of the church, the body of the church, that was the church. Those are the people I believed in. And when everything fell through, <clears throat> we had a big meeting, and we were trying to find out what was going on, and obviously our pastor was leaving us, and we didn't know why, and then we found out why. There was other issues. They weren't our issues. They were his issues, not ours as a church. So where do we go? So we have this meeting, and I'm still not part of the church. I'm not feeling it. Honey, you go to the meeting. Let me know what they talk about. Let me know what they say. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> so I went back to sleep. Next thing I know, I can't, I can't sleep. I'm supposed to go to this meeting. The Lord woke me up. Said so you need to be there. Well, that is a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I went to the I went to this meeting, a meeting where I found out where there was a man in charge of our church who wasn't leading the church by God's means, but by his own means, and learned that there were mistakes made, and there were issues at hand, and there were things that needed to be done. But there was a group of people that came together. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Preston. And even Josh. What a wonderful opportunity for people to get together and say, you know what? Let's do this the way God wants us to do it. And that's how it started. When I was in the meeting, we were talking about things. We talked about all the bad stuff. And then we talked, where do we go from here? And he goes, oh, well, what should we name the church? And... I was moved by the Spirit because I was frustrated with the things I had heard. And I didn't want to hear any more lies. And I said, how about true life? And boy, did that stick. <laughs> Stuck like glue. Everybody that heard it knew what it meant. True life through Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing to do. To have somebody who you can look up to and say, this is how I want to live my life. That this man loves me. He died for me, and he still loves me today. He's still here today. He's in this room today. Amen. And 
when I felt that power, I realized that life is bigger than me, but I'm glad to be a part of this life, this true life, and I'm glad to be a part of this church and a part of your body. I'm glad to be with you, all of you, and even the people we haven't even met yet, because they're coming. And um, I just wanted to, to let you know that Never lose the faith. This life is a hard life. It was never meant to be easy. I mean, who had it easy? I, I have to say, Adam had it easy. He had it easy. He was just hanging out, just doing whatever he wanted in the garden. But it wasn't enough. You know, so God said, hey, I'll give you something more. I'll give you a woman, something you really need. You don't even know it yet, but you really need. <laughs> and, um, you know, and from that point forward, we found what sin was, and sin has never left us. And I can, I can sit up here and go, you know, I've done a lot of good things, but I've also done a lot of bad things that I'm embarrassed, guilty of. But I moved on for those because Jesus said, don't worry about those. I got you. I'm here with you every step of the way. Don't worry about what you do. I've woken up, and the thing I would hear would be, pray incessantly. Those were the words that were spoken to me. And I realized that for years I have been praying. I have been thankful. But the one thing I never did was ask God for help. Never really asked him. I just thanked him. So this year I'm asking him for more. I'm asking him for, what do you want me to do for our church? What do you want me to do for my family? What do you want me to do for my profession? What do you want me to do with people I meet every day? And those are the things that I'm working on in my life at this moment. Um, above it all, we are all inherently good. And we all want to do the right thing. But we also have to realize that there is somebody who's got our back, and that is God. And one of the songs that I wanted to, to end with was this song, which I heard, I'm sure you heard on that terrible radio station, 88.3. 88.3, don't listen to that station. But I did, because when I do, dang, I sing all the songs. You have seen me two years ago, it was country, rock and roll, classic rock, yeah. <laughs> but now... When we get in the car, my daughter's going, can I change the station? I'm like, no. No, you can't. Because <laughs> we're going to listen to this music. And I can't believe I'm listening to it, but I can't stop singing it. I can't stop singing the word. So with that being said, I would like us all to sing, Good, Good Father. Because that's who he is. He is the best. <laughs> 